How's it going, my gang of social rejects? And welcome to another Geeks Crossing podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Matt. And I'm Nick. Giving you all the best geek-related content you can ask for. So what are we talking about today, boys? Uh, we are... Why Frozen Tundra is garbage. <laughs> we are talking Sorry. about the release of the new Frozen Tundra DLC, and I think we're going to have some interesting uh, splits of opinion here. <laughs> well, I hate to cut you guys off, but it's actually called the Crown Tundra. Oh. <laughs> oh, whatever. It's so bad it doesn't deserve its full name. We'll see about that. <laughs> but anyway, if you're a hardcore Pokemon fan like ourselves, you know that Sword and Shield just released part two of their DLC called the Crown Tundra. Whereas the Isle of Armor was more story-based, Crown Tundra is more about exploration and catching more legendaries, which I think is pretty cool. But speaking mm-hmm. of the Isle of Armor, what did you guys think of it overall? Isle of Armor? I loved um... it. I got, I I had a good time with the Isle of Armor. I thought it was pretty 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 alright, pretty fun. Well, I mean, with it being in the first True. DLC of a Pokemon game, I mean, I thought I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Like the whole kung fu theme was very uh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, I thought it was alright. The thing that I loved about most was ironically catching all the old Pokemon. Because mm-hmm. like, I mean, I'm sure we all know about the what's where I'm looking for the controversy about you know Game Freak not adding every single Pokemon in the base game. Mm. So seeing a lot of Pokemon like you know Kingdra, Talonflame, pretty much Pokemon that weren't in the base game, like seeing them reappear, it was like invigorating because oh my god, yeah, it's great to see old faces return, so to speak. Yeah, I I liked that. That was my I I really liked that because I liked training a new team and like traveling with them. I, I liked to pretend I was Ash almost, or like a anime protagonist coming to a new area, training a whole b- new bunch of guys. Pretty fun. I, I like that. I always play like Pokemon like that though. So <laughs> I don't know if we ever addressed this, but what was everybody's starters in this game? I chose Sobble because I thought it was adorable and nothing against uh, Grookey. I mean, I almost chose Grookey, but Sobble just spoke to me on a personal level because of its timid personality. I know I haven't expressed this much on this podcast, but I can be a timid person at times. Mm. So I don't know. It was fate. I chose Sobble because I didn't like any of the starters and Sobble was the one I found the least bad. I, wow. I always choose the grass starter every game and then Grookey logged out his big drum and I was like, I'm- nope, no, I'm sorry. I don't want a Pokemon that has an accessory. I'm sorry. I'm picking Sobble. Uh, and uh, honestly, I like Sobble. I, I mean, the starters aren't criminal. They're okay. I just, Sobble was probably my, my Intellion rather, is probably my favorite of the fully evolved starters. So I chose Sobble because also I kind of cheated and I saw all the leaks the week before the game came out. I, ne- I never liked grass type Pokemon, but I had to go with the grass type. Just- yeah, yeah Grookey's cute as heck. I have a, a Grookey plush around here somewhere. I know a lot of people hate it in Teleon simply because of its design, but I didn't find it that bad. If anything, I loved it because it's supposed to accentuate its spy theme. Yeah. What is good against uh, <laughs> Come on, Nick. You're a Pokemon master. You should know this. I never actually took the time to remember what's good against what. I just know fire beats grass and grass. <laughs> water and water beats fire. And you dare call yourself a Pokemon fan without knowing the other type of effectiveness? <laughs> nope, I never really cared. I was always the kind of person to button bash <laughs> A and go with the flow. You know what? I respect that. But still, in Pokemon, you gotta study all the type of effectiveness. You know, come up with strategies and shit. I mean, yeah, it's a simple game, but come on. It has a large meta when you think about it. Yeah, that's your point. That's fair. But going yeah. back to the Isle of Armor... Yeah. The only negative I found was actually the story. Like, I don't know. It just dragged on a bit. Like, you know, with Kofu's significance and shit. And those rivals, they just bored the hell out of me. Yeah. 
They were weird looking, <laughs> too. I will admit, the guy, what was his name, Avery, the way he was able to use telekinesis to spin those Pokeballs around his head, that was cool. But personality-wise, I didn't like him. <laughs> Mine had uh, the other one, the Poison Girl. I don't remember her name. Eh, I liked you. her. She was like, you know what I don't like about Pokemon games? Mm. They're too user-friendly. Like, do you remember back in the old days, going through Victory Road, getting smacked by everyone, and then your rival just being like, hey, I see you didn't uh, heal your Pokemon, let's fight. <laughs> and then you were so pissed, because you were, like, basically weak, and then if you lost, you were sent to the, like, very yeah, beginning of the sucked. cave. And now, at the end of Victory Roads, it's like, hey, I see you're weak, I'm gonna <laughs> heal you, and then let's fight. And it's like, no, just beat me, like, teach me a lesson <laughs> to be prepared. I think they said that in an interview. They want to make the games like a bit more friendly, so they're trying to keep things fair. Yeah, but I mean, even at a at like a young age, I learned about the Pokemon games and how rage-inducing they used to think they were, and how if you weren't prepared, you were screwed. <laughs> the Pokemon games are pretty easy for the most part. Well, now they're easy. The one Pokemon game that gave me the least bit of trouble was X and Y. I don't know, like the hardest game. <laughs> probably goes to black and white too only because like they added a challenge mode where after you beat the game you can go in the game setting restart the game and choose whatever difficulty you can start that would be cool i, I yeah i mean i i would like for them to implement that more actual difficulty setting i don't remember if we talked about that on here before but I, i'm definitely pro that that idea of having you know beginner pokemon fans picking up the game for the first time can do easy veterans who want to challenge can do hard you know, it seems pretty simple. All you'd have to do is what Black and White did pretty much and just have here and there like, oh, this gym leader will have a, a slightly stronger team in this version. They might have an extra Pokemon and this one might be evolved or something. Little things like that, like quality of life stuff. Well, there again, difficulty was always part of Pokemon, so it kind of correlates with what we're talking about. Yeah. The Tundra. Honestly, I'm not a big fan of it just because of how you get the legendaries, but mm. it's an interesting con. Well, as I mentioned before, this DLC expansion is more based around exploration and, you know, basically catching, you know, legendaries, which I found was a, little, a bit better for me because that was what the post game and most Pokemon games were. So it felt like I was playing back in old roots. Okay, so that's actually really interesting that you said that, like, you enjoy it because that's what you want to get out of your post games. And I don't enjoy it because that's not what I like in the post games. I personally have been vocal about this. I hate legendary Pokemon. <laughs> I do not like legendary Pokemon what? much at all. I find them just useless. There's like what? 50 of them. They all can't be special. They can all say they're all special, but they all can't be special. I dread the fight at the end of each game where you have to catch the box legendary because I just, that's not how I like to play. I don't know. So whenever it's like, oh, you can catch. Kel or not Keldeo, like oh Terrakian, go get him, go get Landorus. Now you can catch Solgaleo <laughs> and Lunala. Like I just don't care. I just don't care. I mean, some of them are cool, and I get that that's a big part of the marketing for the Crown Tundra, and I get that. And for people who like doing that, I'm sure it's awesome. And I'm sure doing raids, catching legendaries, that's got to be awesome because I did like raids in the base game. It's just I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of legendaries as is. So that probably means I'm not going to take away so much from the crown tundra but again i've only played like a half hour of it so far so i'm almost like the here is the middleman i guess it's because i'm so used to that trope for like all the previous titles like i said i felt like i was back in old roots you know you just go out catch the legendaries add more entries to your pokedex mm. is it randomly generated the legendaries or is it like following a pattern because i've noticed that i caught Suicune <laughs> and now i got raikou the next one gonna be it's supposed to be arbitrary 
because when I was doing the Dynamax adventure, I got Suicune too, but then next up, I got Tapu Koko, so I thought it was going to be a trend, but no, it's all arbitrary. Imagine you pick, like, one of the random Pokemon you got <laughs> along the way instead of the Legendary. There were moments where, well, actually, if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about one of the features that's being added in Crown Tundra, which is Dynamax Adventure. You essentially go with a group of NPCs or friends and go on an adventure to catch Dynamax Pokemon. And at the very end, you find a legendary and it's up to you and your NPCs or friends to try and take it down and catch it. Self-explanatory, mm. really. But you have to be careful because if you guys played Sword and Shield, you would know that in each max raid battle, if you get knocked out four times, it loses. But the same rules apply there, except say if you lose to a non-legendary in a Dynamax battle, that counts as a knockout. Like, it won't replenish once you reach the legendary. Oh my. Yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, that does correlate with the difficulty I mentioned, but Ooh, what what's going on? Um, clearly, I've never ran into it because this Pokemon's a skyscraper. Are you talking about Stakakala or however you say it? Oh, Duraludon. He's pretty rare, never so that's not necessarily that life. shocking. Oh, because I was thinking about the Ultra Beasts. Yeah, spoiler alert, the Ultra Beasts are back in the DLC. Are they really? Krasma and everybody? And like, well, wasn't was yeah, Guzzlord in it? I'm playing Shield, so he might be in Sword, along with, uh, what's his face? The Helium, however you say it. Do we have Dialga and Palkia? That's all I care about. Sadly, we have Palkia. No! I cry. No, it's Shield, oh, sorry. So I get Dialga, haha! Matt, I'll trade you for, that. uh, You know what, Matt? I'm legitimately jealous that you have Sword now, because you have almost all my favorite legendaries. Dang. Besides Dialga, he has Reshiram. Oh, he has Xerneas, he has Solgaleo, he doesn't have Kyogre, which is good. Oh yeah, Nick, Lugia's in it, so you know how much yes. we love Lugia. Yes, good news, good news. So yeah, that's two legendaries that we love, that are in S.H.I.E.L.D. Sadly, we're gonna have to make Matt trade our legendaries. <laughs> Perhaps. If, assuming I even catch them all, I feel like it's gonna be pretty difficult. Catching my third one already. So, the legendary mm -hmm. birds, which are Articuno, Zapdos, and Moltres, they have Galarian forms in this DLC. Yeah where Articuno is Psychic Flying, yeah. Zapdos is Fighting Flying, and Moltres is Dark Flying. The interesting part is, in Dynamax Adventure, you can catch their Cantonian counterparts. Oh, that's interesting. Well, actually, that's a problem that I do have with the Crown Tundra, if I'm being honest. They never elaborate, like, you know, what's so special about the, the Legendary Bird's Galarian forms, but is it the same Legendaries, or are they, like, copies, or, like, an offspring? Does so their Pokedex entry say it? Because I haven't read them. To be honest... I rarely read the Pokédex entries, but maybe after this recording, I'll check mm, them. Maybe, I'm because I'm just thinking maybe it'll say something like, oh, in the Crown Tundra, they look like this because blah, 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 blah. But if I had to take a guess, it may have something to do with that giant tree. I have a little theory that maybe those fruits from the giant tree cause a genetic mutation in their typing, thus changing their primary typings to, you know, psychic, fighting, mm. dark. I mean, it could also, yeah, it could also just be how, uh, when you give, what Arceus oh, changes yeah, to yeah, forgot about that. Type. That was a lot of fun when you cheat to Sky Pillar Temple or whatever. I played through Platinum over the summer, but yeah. I'm butthurt that I can't catch Arceus because, you know, go figure, that was like an event Pokemon, and that event is long over. Oh, no. That's why the only real way I can get it now is cheating my game, and I'm not going to spend money on action replay now, will I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I remember the action good replay. Times, good good times. Time. So uh, going back to another theory, I think it's possible that they might be separate birds because we know thanks to Sun and Moon, legendaries can breed or like they're capable of evolving or something. So do you think it's possible that the Cantonian birds have like offsprings and that the atmosphere of Gower or Crown Tundra in this case caused them to evolve into their Galarian forms? Oh, maybe. That's interesting. Yeah. 
You can see it. It would have been a lot easier if I just read the Pokédex entries. Let's but... see if I can pull them up now. Uh, do, 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 do. I will swap mm. for you. Yo, honestly, I thought Moltres was going to be a ghost type. So I don't know, something about the flames and shit. Oh, no. I just messed up. I just messed up big time. I wasn't paying attention to my game because I'm like talking to you guys. And then I met a uh, scientist along the way, and it's like, "Hey, you want to switch your Pokemon?" And I said, "Sure." And he became <laughs> and now I'm fighting a water type. Big <laughs> Well, one of Gal- one of Galarian Moltres' yeah. uh, entries—they don't say where it's from—but it says the sinister aura that blazes like molten fire around this Pokemon is what inspired the name Moltres. So it's pulling one of those. This guy might have been the original, which is kind of weird. No, no. So you think it's possible that are the original birds? Find out. Oh, when its feathers rub together, they produce a crackling sound like the zapping of electricity. That's why it's called Zapdos. Okay, so maybe they are trying to say that these are the OGs. Is that possible? No. Why would they be in the movie Mm, in the original? Articuno doesn't quite say. Never mind. Articuno doesn't have a. That's why it's called Articuno line. It just is talking about how it can shear through iron sheets with its psychic energy. I used to love Moltres until I found out that with its flames, it looks like a giant (laughs) rubber chicken. Hey, it is beautiful. With its flames, no (laughs) rubber chicken. I can't stop laughing because I'm sorry, sorry, but like with its flames, it just looks so (laughs) stupid. See that. Yeah, I could see it. I just realized that when a lot of Pokemon transition to, like, you know, the X and Y graphics, they lost their cool edges. I mean, such as Typhlosion and Excadrill. If you saw what it looked like in black and white, but as they transition to, like, you know, 3D games, they look underwhelming. Excadrill's like the size of my freaking shoe. (laughs) It's pretty funny. It's so tiny. And Typhlosion had those flames growing out of its neck, but now in 3D... The giant weasel. Literally, though. It's, it's weird. Not normal. You know, I addressed this in my Firestar episode. What the hell is Cyndaquil? Uh, so apparently, uh, Typhlosion is based off of a honey badger. I didn't know that. Pretty cool. And I believe I could see Cyndaquil is based off of a shrew. If you look at a picture of a shrew, let me look up a picture of a shrew and see if it does. Pretty sure it looks like it's like a rodent with an extended nose. Yeah, that. Yeah, if you look up a picture of a shrew, that's what Cyndaquil is based off of, I believe. Interesting. Mm-hmm. However, I know the uh, the the prevailing narrative is that he's based off of a rat because of the Chinese zodiac fire starter theory. But I don't know if that holds up, in my opinion. Hey, well, catching Moltres. Wow, normal. See, it all comes full circle. Oh, poor uh, Pokemon. R.I.P. got knocked out. So uh, anyway, going back to what Nick said about Combuskin, for those of you who are Gen 3 lovers like myself, you'll be happy to know that the Hoenn starters are back for this DLC. That includes Trico, Torchic, and Mudkip. I love those three so much. I mean, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but Pokemon Emerald was my favorite Pokemon game. Actually, yeah, I think I did mention that in our earliest video game memories episode. Diamond and Pearl was mine, and then Ruby and Emerald come second, Ruby and Sapphire. But I just have so much nostalgic love for Gen 3 that I was ecstatic to see them return. Yeah. It's crazy how they've remastered so many games Dude, and they get know. to go back to Diamond and Pearl. I would love a 3D version of Dialga. I mean, you're kind of getting that sense of a 3D Dialga in this game. No, like actually going through that world again. Distortion World? Is that what it's called? That would be fun in 3D. <laughs> wow. I didn't. Oh, no, wait. That was Platinum I'm thinking about. I don't remember the original Diamond and Pearl that much. Speaking of which, Diamond and Pearl actually yeah, turns 15 oh next year. Oh my goodness. So, that makes me feel old. <laughs> Dude, don't, don't, don't tell me that. <laughs> next yeah. year you said 2021? Don't tell me that. Crazy. Yeah, the game Dude, came out Dude, there's no way we don't get a remake next year. Come on, man. I mean, 
it makes sense. What better way to commemorate Gen 4 by, you know, releasing a remake for its 15th yeah. anniversary? <laughs> Come on, do it, do it. And plus, we're in an even generation. In Gen 4, we had Gen 2 remakes. In Gen 6, we had Gen 3 remakes. So now, Gen 8, we're going to get Gen 4 remakes. I hope so. Because Pokemon's not above breaking tradition. For example, Gen 8 was the first even-numbered region to not get an evolution. <laughs> Don't remind me, Matt. I'm so buffered about that. <laughs> True. I'm, honestly, I'm a little upset that they didn't sneak in a few more Galarian forms in the DLC, that they just did Slowpoke. Like, Slowpoke's fine. I'm just, I just wish they did a little more. Regional forms, like, my favorite new thing. Yeah. I love those. They're trying to accentuate yeah. <laughs> that trope. Galarian birds weren't the only one to receive treatment in this DLC. Reggie Drago and Reggie Olecki. Mm -hmm. God, that's such a stupid name. It really is. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I'm not sure how far you guys are into the DLC, but at some point when you go to the temples and catch the Reggies, you actually have to choose between which <gasps> of the new Reggies you want to catch. That's so stupid. Here's my thing. I understand that stats may or may not have an impact on, you know, how well these Pokemon do, but I went with Reggie Drago because, personally, I think he has a better design. And Reggie Alecki, yeah, the name alone is what turned me away. I know, that's just a shallow <laughs> reason, but come on, you could have named it Reggie Bolt? Like Thunderbolt or some shit like that? You're not wrong there. You know what's even tedious, but I just found out recently? What? In order to get Reggie Gigas, what? you have to have all five Reggies in your party and summon like a max raid den or something, so you can battle Reggie Gigas, who's level 100, mind you. Yeah, I about that. You have to borrow your friends Reggie Drago or Reggie Alecki momentarily, so you can hopefully catch that level 100 Reggie, uh, Reggie Gigas. That's very tedious, if you ask me. <laughs> One of us will have to make the sacrificing play and get Alecki, because I know I'm picking Drago. Matt, maybe you and Keith will use uh, Reggie Alecki? Honestly, I, I, I kind of, uh, I don't know, I, they're both okay. I, I didn't realize this until I just looked at pictures of them. They both have, like, stubby little legs. They don't look like the old Reggies. <laughs> they actually look yeah. like golems, but Reggie, like, no, and Lady Drago are just, like, bad. balls with big arms. Which is interesting. Uh, you know. Um, <laughs> I don't know who I like more, honestly. I guess probably Reggie Lucky, but I don't really have a... Like, it, it'd be pretty close. Keith, if you're listening to this podcast, which I hope you are, choose Reggie Lucky. Wait, wait, wait. If, like, let's just say we let someone borrow Reggie Lucky and we get the raid, can't we invite mm. each other to that I raid? think so. So we technically all could catch a Reggie Gigas. <laughs> just one of us needs to make the sacrifice and I mean, play with an I hope that's the case because I sure as hell can't beat a level 100 Dynamax Reggie Gigas by myself, <laughs> so I could use a little help. Yeah. yeah. It would be very hard to do that on your own, especially with your whole party being filled with a Reggie, so you have to. Well, no, you can go to your box. But don't you only have to use one Pokemon per mm. max raid battle? Yep. Also, you know what I find fascinating? about the reggies they each represent a time period uh, yes yes reggie rock represents the stone age reggie steel represents the industrial age reg ice represents the ice age and now reggie drago and reggie Alecki, i think they represent mm, the past and future that's interesting it's some sort of time duality yeah. when you think about it yeah. in the past well figuratively speaking based on myths and shit they're like dragons or like you know in the old days whereas in the future everything's modernized everything's powered by technology and electricity mm. Yeah, that is interesting. And yeah, I was going to say something, but I lost my train of thought. It'd be like that sometimes <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> it does. It does be like that. Poor Lantern's about to die. Never forget. <laughs> you will be missed. Oh, wow. I think everyone on this adventure is about to die. Don't worry. You can record the data. The next Dynamax adventure you go on, you can choose to face off against whatever legendary you previously faced again. No, it's not even against a legendary. Oh. 
The only reason it's hard, like it might win, is because the stupid sandstorm. That happened to me the other day. I was trying to catch a what's his face, Bartana. It was it was one of the ultra beasts. The bunny for the win. He killed it. That fat, stupid looking bunny killed it. Who are you talking about, Tiggersby? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm not gonna lie to you. Tiggersby, one <laughs> of an ugly Pokemon. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Like, come on. Uh, we're sorry to those who find Diggersby to be. Your <laughs> I don't even hate Diggersby, honestly. I used. I am using one in my run of Pokemon X that has been going on for two years because I yeah, haven't played it in a year and a half. But yeah, he's pretty cool. I like his typing. Normal and ground is unique. Um, you know, he just is. You know, a little, little ugly. <laughs> That's okay. What's interesting is that I've always replayed through Pokemon games, and the only games that I never replayed huh. uh, X and Y. And Did you play Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon? Yeah, I kind of just didn't care about those. I've only replayed those games once. Well, actually, not really replayed. I've only played those games once. Not that I hated Sunny Moon. It was just that all the new changes and shit, it just really turned me away. And most of the new Pokemon they added, I hated. Except for Mimikyu, Lycanroc, and uh, Kamoho. I really love what Pokemon did with Mimikyu. Like, a lot of rejected Pikachu lookalikes did not pass with fans. (laughs) And so they literally gave a Doge-type. Yeah, they call the spade a spade. They're like, yeah, this thing wants to be Pikachu and nobody (laughs) likes it. And they've done that like five times and not said it out loud. And now they're finally owning it. And everyone's (laughs) like, oh, okay, that's awesome. (laughs) That's my new favorite. I think people liked its typing too, Ghost and Fairy. Ability is awesome too. I just like that it gets a free hit like Ace-Q or whatever his name is. So going back to legendaries, there's actually one more legendary that I forgot to mention. And that is Krylix. How the hell do you say that name? Wait, a what? A new legendary? Yeah, it's a grass and psychic type, and it looks like a, I want to say a deer, but it has a giant-ass head with, like, telepathic powers. I, I don't know. It's so bizarre yeah. to explain in words. I must say, it is weird. But like all new legendaries, this one has a sort of lore to it. So, Cryolix, I'm just going to say that because I don't know how else yeah. to pronounce this name, was said to be, like, the king mm-hmm. of harvest in Crown of Tundra. Like, it was this Pokemon that helped give all the natural resources to the Islanders and shit. But as years went on, people started to forget about Cryolix. Like, think he was just a myth and he didn't really exist. So Cryolix takes control of the, what's his name, Peony? I don't know who that is. Peony? Peony's that guy that ate mm. you in the Crown Tundra. So anyway, Cryolix uses his telekinesis oh, yeah. to take control of him to huh. speak through you. And he enlists the player's help to hmm. like, hey collect these resources, help me show people that, hey, I'm worth remembering. Now, question. <laughs> Sorry to What's cut up? you off, Eric. Should I take Lycanroc and fight a Water-type, or should I keep Fisharp? Did you I see think? what the next Pokemon you're going up against, type-wise? It's a Water-type. I mean, I would just type. use Fisharp, because at least you'll take neutral damage. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But I was also <laughs> thinking about risking it for the Biscuit with Lycanroc. But, hey, it's your Pokemon journey. You do what you can. But continue. Sorry for cutting you off in that story. You know what's actually pretty interesting? Cryolix has a, a noble steed. And that noble steed is a yes, new legendary that's I added. Saw. And it's amazing to me because Game Freak has a strong infinity when it comes to marketing older new legendaries. Like, they can't help but spoil the shit out of whatever new Pokemon they come up with. But this time, they actually hit it from the public. That is. Now, I'm probably going to butcher <laughs> these names. Their names are... Spectrian hmm. and Glacian. They're both horse legendaries, where Spectrian being a pure ghost type and Glacian being a pure oh. ice type, as you can probably yeah. tell from the title. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> While you're helping Cryolix, you have to grow these certain carrots that'll help attract either Spectrium and Glacian. 
And just like the new Reggies, you can only choose one. What the hell? Why is this game only letting you choose one? Like, come on. Like, I paid money. Give me both. I guess Game Freak is really encouraging you to, like, you know, like, trade and shit. No, like, I understand buying one game for, like, Sword and one game for Shield. But, like, this is a DLC. I didn't pay for, like, for a DLC for your bullshit. Anyway, mm. in terms of who I chose, well, as much as I love the design of Spectrian, I chose Glacian simply because, like, you know, the whole snowy atmosphere of Crown Tundra, it just fits the aesthetics better. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I can personally tell you that Spectrium has a better design. Well, then Mm. again, ghost types are typically better than ice types, competitively speaking. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, once you catch Spectrium and or Glacian, you have the option to fuse it with Cryolix, so that way you can form, like, its Ice Rider or Ghost Rider form. So it, like, rides it? Ooh. It's kind of like Curum with the, you know, DNA splicers, except it's not really a complete fusion because all you're doing is just attaching Crowlix on top of its noble steed, but it gets yeah. rid of its secondary typing for whatever the steed's primary typing is. So, like, Crowlix will go from, like, you know, a psychic grass type, but it'll turn to either a psychic ghost type or psychic ice type. Okay. And what's interesting <laughs> is every time you Dynamax Cryolix, the energy surrounding them is blue instead of the usual red. I don't know if there's a lore behind that, but I'm going to leave that as an unanswered question because Pokemon games are notorious for that. It's kind of nice that the legendaries in this game, when you do the raids, <laughs> are all automatic catches, I'm pretty sure. I mean, that just made things so much easier. I mean, I can just throw a simple Pokeball and I can catch yeah. it with ease. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then again, it does take away from the difficulty curve because you know how much of a pain in the ass it is to catch yeah. legendaries. That's, I think, part of the reason why I hate them too. <laughs> Maybe it's because we have so many freaking legendaries now. They're trying to make it as fast and <laughs> yeah. efficient as possible. I, I wouldn't be surprised. So once you capture, well, actually, once you beat and or capture the legendaries, that includes the Galarian Birds, the new Regis, Crowlix, all that. In the post game, mm-hmm. once you go back to Wyand's, uh, mm-hmm. what's it called? Winden Stadium. Leon, the former champion of Gower, he starts a new oh, tournament yes. called the Galarian Star Tournament. It's pretty much a tag battle tournament where you team up with a character that you met from the games and you could be in a tournament to see who's the best tag team. He will never get my participation. I'm catching the legendaries and then I'm dipping as a trainer. How many legendaries you got? Um, so far? Let's see. I'm missing two of the genies. Uh, I'm missing Raikou and Entei. I think I have a little bit over half, maybe less. I just got Entei. I thought I had to fight a water type, but uh, in reality, it was a fire and I just got Entei. I already have. Uh, Suicune, Raikou, and Entei. Ah, uh, the legendary dogs. It's kind of weird how they refer yep. to them as dogs when, you know, Raikou is based off a of Sabertooth Tiger and Entei kind of a lion. I don't know. Pokemon is weird. Yeah, a little bit. Pokemon has always been weird, though. You travel the world and catch these extraordinary creatures. <laughs> you leave home at age 10, dude. Your mom's like, okay, bye-bye at age 10. I couldn't really cross the street at age 10 without yeah. like being like, wow, actually, let me rephrase this is that. dangerous. You're catching creatures that have time manipulation, then reality. Manipulate where like so much catastrophic events can be caused by Pokemon. It's ridiculous and scary at the same time. I don't know how like I would react if I if Pokemon was real to a 10-year-old being... Yeah, that would in be interesting. Can you imagine though Pokemon. being like the, the schmucky kid who has to stuck going to school? Like, oh, sorry, kid. Because there's trainer schools everywhere, so some kids are not allowed to go on adventures. Some some of them just have to wake up and go to school. That is the unfortunate reality. 
Yeah, losers. Yeah. You know what's actually perplexing to me? When you go to all these regions, who's their leader? Not gym leaders, but actual leaders, like who's in charge what of What I came to understand or, or my, interpret is that the Pokemon League is like a government. <laughs> like the gym leaders are the mayors of their towns and the league champion is like the president. But then Sword and Shield turned everything on its head because then what the heck is yeah, Chairman Rose? I, I if Leon is the champion, he's clearly just a figurehead. What is Chair is Chairman Rose in charge then? Or is he like, oh, it's very confusing. Y yeah, it, it is. <laughs> Who are we to talk about how politics works in Pokemon? Yeah. I guess those are one of those things yeah. that, you know, we play Pokemon for obviously mm -hmm. the gameplay, but we never mm -hmm. really think about that. <laughs> like what government would allow a 10 year old to be like, yeah, I'm going to go on. And some regions in that case would have pretty bad presidents because you're telling me the president didn't send any police officers or army men or anything when freaking the god of space and time was awoken on top of the mountain like really it seems like it'd be a little important i was about to bring up our uh like the enemy teams and games like you're telling me like the government's just gonna allow team rocket to get away with what it's trying yeah it's like if you know team rocket or cypher or any criminal organization mind if you know that they're causing trouble <laughs> why don't you do something about right? it yeah i don't know it's a good question, though. Yeah, interesting to think about. Quite interesting. So, yeah, that's pretty yeah, much Crown of Tundra in a nutshell. And, yeah, and it's our farewell to Galar, as far as we understand. This is kind of it. Now it's time for us to move on, get ready for a return to an old region, and after that, a journey to a brand new one, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> which means it can be my made-up region that I did that episode on. <laughs> you should totally check that out, by the way. <laughs> So, should we Jinx. give our closing thoughts on, on the new DLC? Okay. I think we should. So, overall, I think the Crown Tundra was slightly better. Yeah, there were some parts that irritated me, but Fair. what doesn't yeah. irritate me in Probably Pokemon? No so, if you want to catch some old legendaries and, like, the new Switch graphics, by all means, go for it. I think, so far from what I've played, it is interesting, but I liked the other one more. I like the fact that you could catch legendaries, but I don't like the process of how to get them. Overall, I, I think it's a decent DLC for a Pokemon mm -hmm. game. For DLC me, I've only played nice. about a half hour of it. I do like a lot of what I've seen so far. I'm a little apprehensive with some things. I think yeah. I liked the new Pokemon from Isle of Armor a little more. But other than just like that stuff... It, it's a cool concept. The The legendary raid mechanic is really cool. I could, I could see how it would get a lot of people excited, myself included. So uh, very, very nice little touch there. And I really think the the um, the league rematch is a really great way to get the gym leaders and everybody back involved because they are some of my favorite gym leaders that we've seen in a long time. And it's a good way to end it, I think, just bringing back those old guys. So yeah, yeah, definitely a, a cool, nifty little DLC. Well said, Matt, as always. And let us know in the Discord server, what do you guys think of Crown Tundra? Do you find it better or worse mm -hmm. than the Eye of Armor? Tell us. We're interested. Be sure to subscribe. Follow us on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, whatever. And have yourselves a good one. Yes. It has been an honor geeking out over Pokemon. Thank you so much for you. listening. And one more thing. Always aim to be the very best, like no one ever was.